Outdoors live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard. As always, my main man is right over here to my right-hand side. Nick Wilson sitting here looking pretty, been shooting his bow and feeling fine. Cody Watson's back with us. What? He's back off vacation. We finally drug him back from the beach. It's going to be a good night. we got an old friend here with us. That old airplane just landed, and we're going to talk about it a while. Y'all hang out. I tried to slap you to get you fired up, maybe. <laughs> got his hat on backwards. Looks like he's about to go over the top. I'm about to, my back's sore. I don't know why. Back. I don't know. Shooting that boat too much. No, he's out there loading that lumber. That building that deck over the weekend. It ain't from weed eating. Yeah, if you ain't been over to YouTube and seen Nick's famous deck building video where he called me and Cody out for not doing anything, it's a, it's a good one. Go check it out for sure because it's, it's one of those things. Cody, good to see you, buddy. Hey, I'm excited to be back. Feels like I've been gone six months. It's been an empty chair over there. We didn't even turn the light on, have we, Nick? We've <laughs> no. been sitting here in the dark, one side of the table lit up. How was your beach trip? Good, good. We had a lot of fun, fished the flats, caught some trout, just hung out, just relaxed, a little R&R. Didn't get away from work too much. That was on me the whole time. But. <laughs> well, that's every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you are an R&R more than anybody I ever seen. Well, I need it. Stressful as my job is. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to have to build this thing up on a high rise. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Well, I ain't going to waste no time getting this old buddy of ours. Uh, probably one of the first few guys we had on the show and, and one of our friends that's become somebody we look to to, to talk with. It's stuff that's going on out west and everything else. But Shad Brunson, welcome back to Talk About It Outdoors, buddy. We're glad to have you here. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Thank you. How is things in Utah? Well, let's start with the heat. Um, we've got record heat out here, and it, it's just, a, as I think we mentioned it, that the heat is different here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned, I, saw, I think I saw a YouTube, or not a YouTube, but a Facebook post where you're like, it's 82 degrees or it's 80 degrees and hotter than whatever, you know, and, and here it's 102. Ooh, I, I, in June. Yeah, but it, but, Picture, just turn on the oven and then open it up and let it hit your face. That's the kind of heat we have where you guys kind of that, you know, that humid heat where 80 degrees feels unbearable where, you know, 80 degrees, I think it'd be awesome here. But I think today, I think it hit a total of like 97, but we had, I think it was 102 yesterday or the day before. And it's just a dry heat. It's just kind of an exhausting heat. Um, but, you know, with the lack of water that we got from the winter, I think we discussed that this on the, the, the time I was on with you guys. Yeah, we before, talked about the snowpack. Yep, yep. We don't have any water, so there's a lot of water restrictions going on with, you know, water in your lawns and the amount of time that you should spend in the shower and wasting water and all those kind of things, so... Well, man, you ain't even got to enjoy that new bathroom you've finished building, have you? I know. You jump in, jump out, and be done. Um, then well, we've got all the all the wildfires starting up now, so the, the air is smoky and you can smell it outside. Is that something that's pretty common out there is wildfires? Yeah, yeah, and it depends. The, the more we've had last year was in, insane. We had so many wildfires last year and and even the new uh legislation that passed um here in utah we have so state agencies um 
when there's a certain level of air pollution, which a lot of it is, is traffic and cars on the road, but a lot of it has to do with the smoke that's in the air. When it reaches a certain point, they, they have a mandatory work from home day. And really? so I've been work. Uh, yeah. I've been working from home all week this week because, um, the new law that was passed that, um, they have a, a new website that gives you a forecast. And when there's a certain level it hits you, they order you to work from home and stay off the road. Man, if they had that law here, Cody would never go to work. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back, old buddy. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, coming on, you've been somebody that's that's followed along with the show and, and seen our yeah. growth and everything else, and you're somebody that I talk to pretty much weekly. We send pictures back and forth of what's going on and check in, and that's been one of the coolest things that we've seen with this show. We've been able to develop relationships with people all over the country, and one of the coolest things we've been able to see and I've, I've really enjoyed hearing from you all season long with your turkey adventures and we'll get into that because we definitely want to hear how your turkey season went but you know it's it's been a it's been a fun relationship thus far and we can't can't thank you enough for your continued support i want to get that out of the way yeah absolutely so works both ways well tell me a little bit about how turkey season went for you i know nick's over here jonesing it a bit to know how utah's was because i know you <laughs> followed along with what what happened to him and on his adventures yeah yeah this year was a little it was a little disappointing and 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 i say that because i made some mistakes and let my boys down um a couple of times um so we had three tags to fill um, my, my, my tag and then my 22 year old, his tag and then my 14 year old. And, um, it went in succession pretty much. So my oldest had his, he drew the early season tag. Um, so we have a limited entry uh, season that starts it's like the 10th of April and goes for a month. And, um, he didn't, he couldn't get away from work cause he had to work some mandatory overtime which covered the first two weekends of the hunt, which were the best. And then when we finally got out, we only had like a day and a half to run down. And, um, we had, it was a kind of an interesting day where we got out and the turkeys gobbled, but they would not respond. As soon as you let out any sort of a call, they just shut up and they wouldn't respond back. And so it was frustrating because we, we tried to get, find a bird that was responsive and wanted to, wanted to, you know, play. And we just couldn't, we just couldn't find one. And, uh, and so that was, that was disappointing. We still had fun. We still got out and, and did our thing together, father and son time. But, um, that was a little disappointing, but he's such an easygoing kid that he didn't really, he didn't really care that, you know, too much. Shed was and all, then my sorry. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Was this all public or private ground? This is all public. Gotcha. Yeah, this is all public, and we drove two hours south, so you know we're two hours away from home. Um, and then my youngest boy, uh, we got out on the youth hunt, um, and then we went out, and so the youth hunt is a, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And obviously the, the youth at a certain age range that could do that. And, and that only allowed the youth to hunt during those, during that time frame. 
And we got down there, we went to the same spot and we had them respond. And that this is where my, my inexperience came into play. Um, we got to a spot first light and we had three different toms uh, respond back to us. One was down to, off to the south of us and then two, they sounded right together and they were off to the west. And we didn't know which one was going to come in, if any of them. So I kept getting up and moving closer. And so we'd get set up and then we'd wait a little while, 10, 15 minutes. And then I'd say, okay, we need to move in. And we'd get up and move. And I finally pushed it too far and, and bumped the two uh, off to the west. And that was it for us. And I just want to beat myself. You know, you just get so, you get frustrated and you get impatient. And then, and then you just push it too far. And I should have, this last time that we moved, I should have just stayed put. Um, and I think they would eventually made it in. Tell me again, uh, is, is that when you get drawn out there for those tags, is those by, when you say units, is that the certain place that you can hunt when you get drawn for those? Yeah. So, um, if I remember right, they, they break the state out for turkeys in four sections. So four units, um, Northern, Central, Southeastern and Southern. So they obviously have a boundary. Uh, there's a boundary map for it. And then you do that. And then, um, and then when it comes to the general season, which is basically the month of May, you can hunt the entire state. So you don't have to be um, restricted to a certain area. What, and, what's um, se- what season, <clears throat> what date does season open? What does it typically close? Yeah, so the, um, the early season – the limited entry season starts, like I said, I think this year it started on the 10th of April and goes for a month. And then, um, and then right as soon as the, the day after that ends, there's the youth hunt that goes for three days and then the general season, which goes for 30 days after that, basically. So, um, so I was able to, uh, after I went out on the youth hunt with Quinn, uh, we went back out the next weekend and we just did some exploring, uh, trying to find some new areas. And, and obviously we were unsuccessful at that. We tried to find some water and some new areas that maybe weren't touched. It seemed like the turkeys that we were hunting, uh, seemed like they had been educated a little bit, um, a little bit smarter than, um, than some of the other, other areas. So we, um, tried to find some new locations and it just didn't pan out for us, but, we had still had fun and, and saw some antelope and saw some deer and elk and, and all that stuff. But, uh, and then me, so my hunt, I went, um, I went back down, uh, didn't have any success the first time I went down. And then I reached out to a buddy of mine who lives up in Northern Utah. And I think I mentioned him in the last time I was on with you guys where he had a white tail buck in his backyard on his trail camera. Yep. Um, that's the guy. And so he's a good buddy of mine and he's a great turkey hunter. And I just pinged him on a text message and I said, Hey, you guys finding any birds and what's your success then? And he says, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going out tomorrow morning. I'm taking a kid out, one of my neighbors and I need uh, somebody else to go because there's two spots I want to be in, but I can only be in one spot with the, you know, with one gun. So, uh, I packed it up and headed up to his house, which is about an hour and a half north of me. 
and I spent the night with him at his house and, um, we woke up the next morning and went out and, uh, he told me, he says, well, I'm going to put this kid in the best spot, you know, the, the, the spot, you know, that I would, that I think will have the most success. And I was like, yeah, that's totally fine. I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And he said, why don't you go up the trail up to this next meadow and, and set up and, and let's just see what happens. So, um, we kind of fumbled through the dark and, uh, had to cross a river and on a beaver dam and, uh, which is kind of interesting in the dark when it's, everything's frozen and you're slipping on logs and, um, but we made it over there and he set up with this kid. And then I went up the trail a few hundred yards and, and, uh, I, and I know you probably had this happen, Nick, with you or I set up and I was getting ready and in position and, as it started to get light and the birds started chirping, I look over and there's a calm right above my head, about 30 feet in the air. Um, and I didn't know he was there. Um, and so I just stayed put and I'm pretty sure he saw me, but, um, he flew down on the other side of the river and, uh, I sat put, I, I sat put and, or stayed put and, and, uh, I heard some gobbles and I just let out a, a couple of silent, you know, soft yelps just to let him know where I was. And, and uh, about 20 minutes later, two Toms came strolling up the trail and I hammered the first one that popped out and that was it. Nice. A lot of people would have yeah. gotten discouraged <clears throat> by spooking that one off the roost. I've never, I've never walked in that close to one, but we did this year. Um, we got walked, we walked up on it pretty close. And when he, when he flew down, he flew down pretty close to us, but he wasn't in range, but, but no, I've never, I've never done that any other time. I don't believe. Now he was yeah, hunting, I've done it a couple of times. He was hunting Miriams. Was that what they were Miriams, whatever you call them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shad, Shad, did you see more people? Whatever than, you call them. <laughs> Shad, did you see more people um, in Utah this year hunting than years past? Um, from the comments that I've seen uh, on Facebook, we have a Utah turkey hunting page. And I'm one of the administrators there, and and a lot of guys are are making comments and and gals, the guys and gals. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of uh, people commenting that there were a lot of people out. And where I like to hunt, where we like to go, we we rarely see another person. And and that's why I like going where we go, just to get away from town. You know, a lot of people that just. They, they'll hunt close by and they know there's turkeys there because they see them in the winter and they see them when they're mountain biking and hiking. And so they go to that spot. So it's a lot, obviously a, a lot more popular. But, um, when I went up North with Trent, um, to his spot, we went to the trailhead and there were five, I think five or six trucks parked at the trailhead. Um, but he has done enough research to know that where we went and where these, everybody else goes, we veer off and actually cross the river and get on the other side where, um, the other guys stay on the, on the easy side. And, and obviously it was successful for us. Um, so he kind of had this little sliver of ground that, um, nobody ever hit. Um, so that's what we did and it turned out. What's your average, how far are you walking from the vehicles? Uh, this one was only, uh, I mean, up where, where I went to get mine, it was only like a, oh gosh, I'd say quarter of a mile, um, from the trailhead. 
It's not um, bad at maybe all. Even less than, no. Yeah, and oh, that was it's super probably, easy. But it's probably hard walking quarter of a mile though, right? No, this one was this one was just flat and easy. I mean, the hardest part was crossing the river. Gotcha. Uh, in the dark. Um, <laughs> but so. but where I took my boys, where I took my boys, you, you got to go up, do some ups and downs, and and cover some ground. Uh, a lot harder harder hiking, but. Well, I'm sure the boys still enjoyed getting out with dear old dad one more time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they they enjoyed it, and and Quinn especially, he'll look forward to next year. He's already um, he's already anxious to. He was pretty disappointed, and I felt real bad, um, and I was surprised that he um, made the comment that he did when we when we spooked the two toms. Like I said, we got up one last time because I just thought these two toms weren't moving. I thought they were just and put and they were just over the rise of the hill and so we kept sneaking in a little bit and I thought well if we get close enough maybe that'll prompt them to, to peek over and see what's going on and and I stood up and we moved like five steps and all of a sudden this turkey gobbled it sounded like he was 20 feet away in the oak brush and I couldn't see him but I think the rustle of us moving around uh, spooked him and that was the last time we heard him um, but I turned and looked back at him and he goes, Oh, we should have stayed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, buddy, you're right. We should have, your dad let you down on this one. <laughs> is there a unit that is more desirable to hunt out there? You might not want to tell you. I'm, yes. I'm trying, I'm trying to get all my information wrote down. Shad, yeah, so he's when, taking I book, notes. When, I, when I book my trip, he's over putting in for tags. <laughs> I mean, Yes and no. It just really depends on how much effort you want to put into it. So, you know, do you want to drive three hours and go somewhere where you're not really going to find somebody, but there's maybe more turkeys? Yeah, absolutely. But there's also somewhere that's 15 minutes from where I live where there's quite a few turkeys, but a lot more people. And I would rather go three hours in a, in a truck and not see anybody mm-hmm. and and be feel like I'm on my own or out, you know, free to to roam around and not worry about it. I stress more about coming around the bend and seeing trucks at the trailhead than I do finding turkeys. So they're so, they're pretty plentiful out there. Then it sounds like. Yeah, um, another buddy of mine. He's he's hunted turkeys, but he's never killed one. And uh, his name's Dan, and he actually uh, when I talked about my elk hunt and when we were down south and remember I, I mentioned that we'd called that one in to like six feet away uh that six by six bowl he was with me and so he he was he was right next to me when we were when we called that bull in and i mean it we wouldn't have even called him in if it wasn't for him i was in the middle of rolling up my tent when when he bugled from camp and heard the heard the one across the road and uh, but he, I, I contacted him, and I was like, let's go get you turkeys. And he said, well, my wife and I and some family are going down southeast of Utah, um, and we're going to do some we're gonna do some camping. And I said, dude, there's a ton of birds down there. Take your shotgun. Take your stuff. And uh, he's like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. And next thing you know, like for three days, he's texting me and calling me saying how many birds he's seen, and he actually ended up getting one. So he ended up. Uh, calling one in and uh, and he just was so thrilled he's just like I did exactly what you said and he came down you know out and I hammered him and 
he was calling like crazy, and and so he was way stoked. You want to go ahead and ask him how much tag? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. While we're at it, you got any pins you can drop him, Chad? He's over here. He's got a novel <laughs> road over here I'm right done. now. <laughs> I'm done. Well, I'll tell you where. When, where when do I need to start applying? That's such a <laughs> that's such a beautiful place where he was too, and I I love it down there. It's just it's a little bit of a drive. You know, like I said, it's probably three and a half four hours. We pull that camper um, out there, Nick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, dang, De- December first, I got to put my permit in yep 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 that's when you do it and just right at the end of the year first of the year i guess it is and and then uh you find out a little bit later and you're good to go now that early season out there i'm 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 guessing it's snow right <laughs> i'm done alex <laughs> <laughs> he's thrown his phone down he, oh i'm just aggravated you go on <laughs> is it still pretty cold out there early season it can be yeah i mean I don't like spring um, that much out here because it it changes so fast. Where it's freezing cold and windy, and then it's it's sunny and warm, and then it just changes back from hour to hour. So you do have some weather. Um, you know that bird I killed with my boy that I sent you pictures of, um, but I think he posted Alex. I mean, it was six inches of crusty hard snow underneath us when we killed that bird. Um, this year it was pretty mild um, just because we had a mild winter, but it really depends because towards the end of winter, we'll, we'll typically get late season winter storms. And, and so you can run into some pretty nasty cold weather, but it just depends. Um, it's not too bad though. It'd be hard to dress for hunting like that, I guess. I mean, not, you got so many different season changes. I guess if you're down low, you ain't got no snow. And if you're chasing birds up, you get sitting down. It'd probably get – I know you ran into that out in South Dakota, Nick. You about froze to death walking – or you was hot walking and then sat down like froze to death. That's interesting, I guess, when you walk. Yeah, you have to far. be prepared. you got to be used to layering your clothes. And, uh, you know, one minute you're freezing, next minute you're sweating, you're peeling layers. Um, that happens out here all the time. You can't you can't plan on too much consistency um, for the most part. So, um, one of my most memorable turkey hunts was with my brother-in-law, the mountain goat, and his brother. And we went down, and we were hunting down in the beautiful desert um, areas, and we slept right out on the cot with just a blanket over the top of us or a sleeping bag, I should say. And then we hunted that morning, and then we decided to switch it up. So we drove like an hour and a half south of where we were and we had four inches of snow on the ground when we woke up the next morning up in the pine trees that's crazy and so you slept the back of your truck a little bit this year didn't you did yeah yeah it's uh we like doing that quinn quinn has fun doing that you know you lay out under the stars and watch the satellites and listen to the coyotes and and uh enjoy it that way but um got me that truck tent this year i haven't put it up yet though i need to get out and put up that truck tent well, now you spinning off a of turkey hunting a little bit you gave me some bad news when it comes to your deer season coming up this year a little bit ago with your tag draws yeah yeah depressing um this is the first year that i've never had a tag so because of the deer numbers that the DWR put together, they decided to cut the number of deer tags in the state 
and I think they cut about 5,400 tags. And um, obviously that included me. So when I got my unsuccessful email letting me know that I didn't even draw a, a general season archery tag, I was like, what? That's, that's not right. There must be a mistake. And uh, found out that a lot of people are in the same boat. So I am absolutely tagless right now, um, which is which is kind of depressing. What state you headed but, to to hunt? Georgia. Yeah, well, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a state called Georgia. Um, yeah. No, but I, I mean, I can still get a, I can still get an archery elk tag, which is only for a, a cow or a spike. Um, and I could still buy that over the counter, um, and, and, you know, get out. I think I could find me a cow or a spike to, to chase. Did your kids, so, yeah, did your kids get drawn for a deer tag? Nope. None of them. Um, oh, dang. I'd move, nope, there's a lot I'd of, move, a lot of unsuccessful, <laughs> a lot of unsuccessful hunters or hunters already. But what, what's depressing is when we're down there turkey hunting, I actually set up two trail cameras. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. I've got these perfect spots for these trail cameras. A couple of trails have crossed by the stream, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, now i got to go down two and a half hours to retrieve my camera. Well, hopefully you get some yeah. good pictures you can send us and share with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Probably a giant. What sucks about that, there's probably non-residents that got drawn. Yeah. Yeah. Over priority yeah. people that live there. Yeah. Dang. Yep, that's true. That is depressing. So what are your plans? I mean, what do you, you know, you, you said you may buy, I know you told me you may buy and we've already talked about Georgia. So you, you, mm-hmm. you better be on that jet airplane. We gotta, we gotta get planning on that. Yeah. I mean, if, if something like that would work out, then I think that would be a good plan. Um, if not, then like I said, I think Dan would probably join me. I mean, he he didn't draw either. I put in with him, so he doesn't have a tag either. Um, until the two of us talk about getting a you know a general season archery elk tag and see if we can go on down and find us some uh, a good meat cow to, to to chase after and fill the freezer. Um, so other than that, that's that's really it. I'd say an elk would fill the freezer pretty good too. Yeah. Is yeah. any of the surrounding states over the counter tags? I know. Um, I know Idaho's not. Not really. I think most of them are limited, um, limited entry. I always found it remarkable that you could get a, a bear tag over the counter. And it's taken me 11 years to even draw a bear tag here in Utah when you could go across the line over in Colorado and buy a bear tag at the gas station. That was always, always seemed really interesting to me, but, um, now I know some of the yeah. going back to turkey season. Um, I know some of those surrounding states you can buy over the counter turkey tags. Have you done that yet? I haven't done it yet. My brother in law has invited me a couple of different times, and it just hasn't worked out. But he he went on turkey safari this year. I mean, he hunted Colorado uh, again with his brother in law, uh, or not his brother in law, his brother and his son. And then I called him during turkey season when we were out with when i was out with ethan and i and i called him and i said what are you doing and he goes i'm in minnesota hunting turkeys and went from colorado to minnesota to back to utah nice and he ended up shooting a nice nice big eastern in in minnesota and no luck in um, colorado no luck in colorado this year which is usually you know they usually get a few out there 
and that's just across the border um, from us. So it's not like he's driving clear to the other side of the state, but it's still it's still a drive. That's crazy. Well, you know you're welcome in Georgia. We'll figure something out on that. We can talk offline. Yeah, definitely. I'm not wor- definitely yeah, I'm not trying worried. to make something there. And um, now let me let me spin off of that uh, with the with the tag stuff and and see where your see where your head's at on it because I kind of get the gist that you're you're pretty much you're in you're in Utah. You're never planning on going anywhere as far as a, a move goes. I wouldn't think you would, but is there a state that that's come to mind or that's kind of been buzzing around in your head that you may travel to in the near future? I know we all like to dream and think about chasing somewhere else, but you know, since, since we had you on the first time, is it, has there been any thoughts or, or any kind of research you've done into going somewhere else or planning a trip? Yeah. One of my major bucket list, uh, destinations is South Dakota. Um, and that's not necessarily just for big games. Um, I would like to go uh, to South Dakota to um, hunt pheasants. We used to have a ton of pheasants here in Utah, yep. and they're they're really hard to find now. And um, Dan, this buddy of mine, uh, he went out last year with some friends of his, and uh, and they shot a lot of pheasants and some whitetails, and just had an absolute blast. And I have no idea where they went, but. Um, I know they were successful out there and, and had a good time. He was sick, I guess, and then the weather was pretty nasty. But um, yeah, that's one of my one of my bucket list areas. Um, I've never been to Montana, believe it or not. I've never never been up there, and I think that would be obviously a beautiful place to live and probably have your free reign of you know where you can go hunting. Um, but but I would say I would say South Dakota first. That's interesting. Nick just Nick just got back from out there. He said it was interesting and definitely looked at the video that he shot and it was some, some wild mm-hmm. looking country, I mean, for mm-hmm. what I'm used to seeing and that's uh that's pretty it's it's so it's just unique to me to talk to somebody that lives in you know, our our desire is all individually and of course I want to get to Kansas or Ohio and, and chase more whitetails and Cody, you know, he's looking to get way out west and chase an elk and Nick's looking to go to I think he's planning a trip up to British Columbia or something <laughs> next to chase turkeys next New spring. Zealand. New Zealand. Ooh, yeah. Red stag and, and combo pack. Combo. Gotcha. Well hey you ain't I've got a friend that I think's out there when is the when is the stag season out in New Zealand? Sure, I, I have no idea. Day. He was given um, his boss, so the owner of the company he works for, he was given a trip, an all-expense-paid trip to New Zealand to hunt red stag. I think from Atlanta, I think it's a 27-hour flight. Yeah, to New Zealand. it's insane. But it, how fun would that be? But, you know, <laughs> to obviously fun to get there, number one, but number two, to have somebody else pay for it, I think it would be, <laughs> would be awesome. That's where is one. New Zealand? Is that down near Australia? Yeah. yeah, I thought that's where it was. Might be the what Western Hemisphere or Eastern Hemisphere or something. That's be a. Whew. I don't know. That's a long that's, way. That's a long way from all the world. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Long way is. Well, and that's. I wonder how hard it is to to get weapons in over there. I know Australia's a nightmare. I mean, as far as weapons go, and I don't know how that works. I don't know how that'd be. That's interesting. New Zealand's <laughs> a big. Uh, Big place to go, so I'm sure they got it figured out. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, chasing them red stag. 
You ever had a desire to hunt a red stag, Nick? Absolutely. I'd hunt that. I'd rather hunt that over probably anything else. Really? I mean, yeah. That'd be a bucket list item for you. <laughs> yeah, it's way down at the bottom of the bucket. A red. I, I just yeah. I just don't know if it. I don't know what it costs to get over there. Do you? I mean, you don't have to say a number. Do you know what that trip's costing, Shad? I have no clue. I'm sure it's expensive. Oh, I'm sure. I, I wouldn't. I would hate to know what the plane ride is. Well, I wonder how. Yeah. And now I, I guess COVID restrictions were the same in going into New Zealand as it was anywhere else. I talked to a gentleman the other day. He he canceled two back to back Africa trips because of COVID. Um, he he's been over there half a dozen times already, but he's had to cancel both and now he's scheduled a trip to to canada if they open the border this fall to hunt uh brown bear so it's crazy i mean it's just it's wild to hear what people's desires are to go places because you know we we plan every year to go to illinois and that's a trip for us and hearing you talk about south dakota that's a world away for what we think but it's right next door for you and do it chad you ain't getting no younger man i know I know. As a matter of fact, I'm getting way older here in a few months. So, you be over the hill. Yeah, definitely. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Africa. I, I've got a, a friend here w- with me at work that that she belongs to a group that they go over to Africa and they hunt every year. And she sends me the videos and and they bow hunt um, out there. And to me, I have it's. I have no desire to go to Africa and hunt. I just don't. This is not a part of, like, out of, you know, if I had a, a hundred items on a bucket list, it wouldn't make the list of a hundred. Yeah, I agree with that. I just, I see pictures of them with certain animals and I just go, I just, yeah, I don't, it doesn't sound, it doesn't, doesn't get me going. I don't, I don't know. Well, that's Rick. Maybe it's, maybe it's connection with the zoo or something. I have no idea, but it just it just doesn't sound interesting to me. Rick, my neighbor, he um he, he's been I want to say he's been six or seven times and and started going in the nineties when it wasn't I guess a fad to go to Africa. He started early on and he's taken I don't know how many animals over there. I think his last trip was nine different animals. He had a package hunt or whatever it may be and. When he said, if you ever go, it's one of those places that you've got to get back to. It's just a, a different culture there. And I think it would be yeah. neat to see because it is such a target rich environment. But yeah. man, that's a long way from the house. Something goes wrong. Yep. Yeah. I like to go shoot a hyena. They're huge. Yeah, I know. God, I'm, I know. Like 200 something pounds. Yeah, I watch those predator hunters go out and, and hunt them out of villages and stuff. And I'm like, good Lord. It looks like a horse, like a Shetland pony. <laughs> Shad, is, is there anything else that you can put in for? I know you said um, elk tag. and Is there anything like wolf or um, cougars or anything that you can put in for to hunt? You just have to you just have to put in for them as they come up. So I can't remember when the draw time frame is for mountain lions. Um, bear is always about around the same time frame that you put in for turkeys and, and big game, other big game, but um, I'm due for a bear here next year, or the year after. And, um, and I, I'm looking forward to that. There's different hunting, there's different seasons for bears here. There's the early spring and then there's kind of what you'd consider maybe summer. And then you've got a fall hunt and, and then there's pursuit with 
there's pursuit and then there's bait and different categories there. But I'm looking forward to that and, uh, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, there's, um, obviously you can hunt coyotes year round. Um, and, uh, and then we've got obviously the, the upland game and waterfowl that's, that's in the fall, um, to look forward to. But I've got a buddy that, um, owns a ranch, um, not too far from here, hour and a half away from, from here that, um, he's got about a thousand acres of land and, um, uh, I could get a, a landowner permit for his property for a, uh, a cow, a cow elk. Um, I know that's not too exciting, but, um, something to go out and hunt and take the boy, you know, it'd be exciting to eat. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the best meat. I've ever had. How much meat do you get off of a cow elk? Oh gosh, that's a good Roughly question. I mean, if you get a if you get a big mature cow elk that I don't know, if she's probably eight hundred pounds. You probably get five fifty, two fifty, two fifty. Wow, I would a lot guess of bone yeah. mass and fur and all that too. No, that's black bear out there, right? Yeah. Okay. Biggins, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say some biggins too. Hey, I did hear something today about black bear. Speaking of that, that was pretty cool. Um, they're, they've started tracking bears in Virginia and the population is, has exploded so much there that the, the hunter numbers and have been increased. They're, they're basically begging people to hunt them and they have a confirmed tag bear that is over 1100 pounds in the state of Virginia. Holy crap. I think I read that. That is a, I, I, I wouldn't even know what to do. It's got to be nine, 10 foot tall. I think the record in Georgia is what? 800? Something like that. We drug a 200-pounder out, and I thought it was going to kill <laughs> yeah. me. I shoot an 800-pound bear or 1,100-pound bear. You ain't going to have to worry about me coming to help you drag it again. That ain't happening. No. <laughs> bear, that's <laughs> the most miserable thing I've ever drug in my life. We carried one 2.4 miles to the truck, Shad. It took it us, was, what, nearly five hours? Yes. That's mountains, though. Just, yeah. Well, hills compared yeah, to what y'all got. Yeah, y'all well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them, them mountains they got yeah. out there. Hey, I think a good bear, a good bear out here is probably three hundred pounds. Yeah, that's a good. That's probably yeah. an average in Georgia. I mean, did in you, the two fifty to three hundred range. Talking about reading something, did you see on a uh, GON where that buck traveled over two hundred miles Mm-mm. during the rut? Uh, uh-uh. really? He was averaging eight and a half miles a day. Holy up, crap! It was up in Missouri. They GON's got an article on it. They just put it out a couple weeks ago. I've seen some of those tracking statistics and stuff, and it shows that they travel, but I didn't. Yeah, they that's a, a that's they, a furthest one I've heard. Yeah, I think that's like the record. Now, can y'all hunt wolves in Utah, Shad? No, uh, they don't really have. Um, there. I don't know. They've got sightings of them, um, but they just don't have. I don't think there's anything that's really established as be just gray wolves that seem to be in a pair that are kind of located, but they're not really. I wouldn't. I guess they probably don't consider them established out here yet. Um, like they do, like in Idaho or um, South but, Dakota. I mean, people have seen them. They've people. Have, I mean, that that's the thing. You know, when you mentioned the Virginia bears, is the way things have changed with technology, with ring doorbells and the the security systems that people are capturing these, you know, wild animals that are walking through their yards. But before those existed, you just didn't know they were there, and so you just you didn't 
you didn't know how much wildlife was around. But now that everybody has these camera doorbells and security systems and other types of camera devices, they're picking up all sorts of, you know, wild animals on their, on their property. And, and now it's become this, this thing that, oh my gosh, I've, we've got problems. And I'm like, no, they've probably just been there the whole time. You just didn't know it. Right. Yes, same way here. People's like, oh, I got a coyote on camera. I didn't even know there was coyotes here around my house. Mm -hmm. We're thinking, what's wrong with you? They've been there the whole time. Yep. And I guess that's just the infiltration of people. You know, more houses you build, more animals are going to have to have somewhere to go. You want to ask him um, that question about the, what we was talking about earlier before we started the podcast about the uh, poacher? Yeah, Chad, why don't you go into that a little bit? We was talking talking before the before we went hot here that, you know, kind of ethics thing, and let's kind of steer off into that a little bit because it's been a common subject we've talked about, like I said, with, with stewardship from old, from old Don. He's, he's mentioned that, and it's always a common theme when we talk about hunting to hear the negative side of it, and we don't often go into it, but what's some of the, what's some of the things in Utah that, I guess would be a poachable uh, animal or a, a, a deemed as a bad poachable offense. I mean, all poaching's bad, but what's something that's really bad out there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it relates to the size of the animal. You know, when you find out somebody's killed a duck after the legal shooting hours, it's not going to make it on the news, you know, or or on the you know, on the news website or anything like that. But, you know, somebody poaches a, the DWR here, when they find a poaching incident or they believe it, an animal has been poached, they'll, they'll put it in asking for public help. They'll say, you know, a a mature buck deer and a doe were found in a ditch off the side of the road. And it believed that they were poached. We're looking for any public input on how we can find the, find the poacher. And we have the hotlines that, you know, that you can call and it's put right on the back of your, your, your hunting license or your hunting tag. And, and so you can, you can go right on and report a poaching incident, but they put them up there. And then of course that, that in response, you get a lot of public input. So anybody that, that can reply, they'll just say hunters are nasty, you know, they shouldn't be hunting these animals anyway. Or, and then you get people that'll say if they're found, they should be, they should be banned from hunting for life. And then, then they'll also post the, the articles or the, when they're found and caught and persecuted and prosecuted. And, you know, somebody said, you know, they'll have their, their hunting rights taken away for five years. And, and, you know, and then you get all the public opinion that, that chimes in with it there. And I mean, it happens. I think it happens obviously all over the, all over the country. And I don't think it's something that'll ever really go away. Um, they did state that in Utah, that the poaching incidents, um, risen or rose because during COVID. Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, I don't necessarily think people are going hungry and that's why they're going out and shooting animals, but boredom, I don't know if it, if it just gave them a, a reason to get out and get away from the nonsense and they, and it happens. And I'd like to kind of get climb into the mind of a, of a poacher 
you, need you know, are they going out to look for something to put on their wall and brag to their friends that they shot this, this big elk or this big deer, or is it just something in them that they can't help themselves? Or if it's just a, a good time on a Friday night, I don't, I don't really understand it. Um, Alex is looking but, up this, uh, there's a, there's a book a gentleman wrote. He was a poacher and Alex will know all the Charles Beatty. Yeah. He was a poacher in, in South Texas. Um, he traveled all over the country, but m- most notoriously around the, the King Ranch in Texas. I mean, he, those guys hated him to the point they had, they had bounties out on his head. And he wrote a book. Um, it was basically a tell-all book about poaching. Um, and it was a true life adventure. It was called In Prince of Poachers. Um, oh, wow. It's, it's, it is a book that is well worth reading. He, he actually... He actually got caught, and in the tell-all, he it really is a good book. I and mean, you think, you know, I don't want to read about poaching, but it's really a book that's based on him finding Christ through his his getting caught. When he got caught, it gave him some, you know, feelings of regret, and ultimately it, it goes into – it's a really in-depth book and an in-depth look at how people can change over time. And, and I mean, he was – when I say big bucks, he was sneaking in miles, tens of twenties and thirties of miles into these ranches to get these deer and shooting them at night with thermal scopes before that was even a thing that you could get and, and shooting them with night vision and sneaking into these places. And it's a pretty, pretty good book for anybody that's listening or, or even you, Shad. It's called the, the Prince of, uh, Prince of Poachers. Wow. That's hard to look into that. The elk, do elk get uh, poached a lot out there, or is it more the deer? No, they do. You'll you'll get, especially when it comes to the end of, I would say the end of winter when the when the bull elk are kind of gathered up and they're they're just trying to make it through the winter, and you'll find groups of bulls together that are always sitting up on a sunny hill, you know, during the cold tail end of the winter, and uh, we had one up near Park City. I think it was a couple of years ago where I think there was a half a dozen bulls that were shot and left to waste um, up there. And of course, you know, a lot of these elk are just seen by people on the road, you know, the traveling public, they'll look up on the mountain and see these big animals up there. And, and, uh, and somebody decided to go up and, and shoot them. And I don't know how you don't get caught, you know, doing something like that when in, it's a bunch of elk that are that are being seen every day by people. Um, but a lot of them, you know, guys will go out there and they'll shoot a trophy buck and they'll just cut its head off. And obviously that, you know, people will say, oh, yeah, that's obviously it's a poached animal. Um, I found an ice buck um, one winter and, uh, and I kind of thought that it might be poached. And so I, I called it in and a DWR guy came out and, and scanned it with a metal detector. And he had determined that it probably had been hit by a, tr- by a car down lower and then made it up to a fence and then a mountain lion killed it. And so he determined that it wasn't a poached, um, buck. Um, but I don't know. It's a, you know, I've, 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 witnessed some poaching you know some turkeys uh, obviously you know small game and things like that but i've they have a reward out here for for in utah that if you turn somebody in on a big game 
animal and, um, and they're prosecuted, um, the DWR will give you a tag of your choice as a, as a reward. <laughs> I'd and be riding the roads if I was you, Chad, yeah, this you year. Get up I, get know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I might even bait one up. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Set up your own steel yeah, and yeah. try to lure somebody in. 116 deer in a 20-year period off the King and Kennedy Ranch, both those ranches. And they weren't does and no. four-pointers. No, these were world-class whitetails, and he was arrested in 1998. So, uh, I'll, and, and I'll tell you what, imagine the publicity that would be on somebody if they got caught in 2021 or something like that. Yeah, that was, that was pre-social media there. Well, it was pre-social media, pre-trail cameras, really. I mean, you might have had some 35-millimeter ones back then, but you're talking no – a whole different culture back then. Yeah. And and I, I will say that I, I believe poaching has went down in our in our generation in the last 10 years in our area. I mean, I used to remember hearing about people, I've seen a big buck in this field. Don't tell so-and-so because they're going to shoot it, you know, and you just don't hear about that as much anymore. I mean, I, th- I think it's harder. Well, it is, absolutely. you got more people on the road. you got trail cameras. you got people with cell phone pictures. you got, you know yeah. – the, our area is becoming so consolidated with the, the amount of houses and everything else. There just ain't that much. For, if somebody shoots now, somebody's going to hear that shot. Mm-hmm. What gets me is that all the theft that happens in the outdoors by other hunters. Oh my taking, their trees, oh, yeah. taking their tree stands, taking their game cameras. What you say on the last episode? Don't get me on the soapbox. Oh. There you go. Get started again. I'll be. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. It saying, is bad. It I is, mean, it's just sad that other hunters are taking other hunter stuff well and i told that's God. what gets that's what gets me and and that that's one of the big things like i i don't put trail cameras up in spots that anybody's gonna find them you know some water hole that that five other guys are gonna know about you know because i've had plenty of friends that have had tree stands stolen and they've had they've showed up to check their cameras and it's been bashed in and beat or their you know their sd card's been taken out or um you know those type of things but I just, I find it just, how do you consider yourself an outdoorsman or a hunter and, and then do that to somebody else's property? And I just, that just kind of blows me away that that's a, even a thing. Well, we're going, you know, up. I mean, I've, I have walked across and come across other people's cameras and if I've caught myself and seen that I've walked in front of their viewfinder, you know, I'll give a wave or I'll give a thumbs up or something like that. And I just keep walking. Um, well, we did that but, last year in Illinois. I mean, we walked yep. up on on Bill, which I, we actually met him later on, um, hunting the same piece of public, and we walked in, and I said, there's a camera, and we seen the stand there, and we immediately turned around mm-hmm. and walked out, and uh, we actually got to know him a little later, and we've talked to him several times since season. He's became somebody that we've... You he know, ended up sharing trail camera pictures with us. Yeah, of the deer that I killed up there. Yep. I mean, he was he was nice enough to do that, but we we're going back up there hopefully this year to hang some cameras and Cody and I were talking and I told him, I said, we need to get some little laminated cards and put on them with our name and number and, you know, maybe even put the podcast on there or whatever and say, I I told him I wanted to put on there. I work hard for my stuff just like you do. Please don't steal my camera. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I mean, and you don't, you're not probably going to stop somebody that wants to destroy Mm -hmm. it or steal it or whatever with that. But at the same time, somebody might say it and, you know, give them a second thought and be like, yeah, maybe I don't need to mess with this guy's stuff. I don't need to do that. That's not right for me to do. Give them a second to think about it without actually You can put that it. on the front and then on the back of it when they actually pull it off. 
That'd be a nasty note. Yeah. Put, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put a real nasty gram on there. Hey, we, about 10 years ago, we went down to one of these WMAs below Atlanta, and there's probably six or seven of us hunting. We'd been hunting there about three days, and a guy, um, Blaine, had a stand hung, and he went in there that morning, and they, there was a truck that had beat him to this road that there was a gate up. And when he got there, he was like, well, I don't know where this guy is, so I'm just going to leave and go hunt somewhere else, come back and get my stand because we were leaving that afternoon. He comes back at lunchtime. The, t- the truck's gone. He goes there and get his stand, and so is his stand. Really? Nice enough to pull off, not hunt the area because it was public ground and come back, and that guy stole his stand. I think people just feel like they have a right, like they they own that piece of public ground because maybe they've been hunting that ground for yeah. five, ten years or something like that, and then somebody else comes in there. I mean – I don't I, care where I'm at. If it's a piece of public, I'm I'm respectful to anybody else. Now, I will say this: you can run into some really bad people on public, but we I've been fortunate enough to run into some really nice people. I mean, absolutely. Cody and I used sure. to hunt up on you know Amicalola, and we'd see a guy up there, that guy in that jeep that killed that monster, and mm-hmm. I mean we we'd seen him before, and he was always nice. He'd tell you right where he was hunting at. And I mean, yeah. just you know nothing to hide. I mean, I. Probably going to walk up on somebody event again. I mean, if we spend enough time on public ground. Well, it, you watch all these hunting public ground videos now where these guys are hunting on public ground. There's always an altercation somewhere at some yeah. point. Well, we were in Illinois last year looking for a deer that Cody had shot, and I was tracking it way down across a big field, and Cody had went the other way. And I was walking, and I heard a, I heard a whistle. And I turned around. I immediately turned around. Didn't look around for nobody or anything. I just turned around and walked exactly the way I came from. I mean, I didn't want to mess the guy's hunt up. And I'm sure if I'm sitting in a stand and I see somebody, it's a disheartening feeling. I'm not going to lie and say it's not. I'm like, God, this guy's out walking around at 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, what's he doing? But, I mean, he's got as much right to be there as I do. So, I, mm-hmm. I got to think about that, too. We yeah. Go, I mean, go. we – we do a lot of the, you know, in the public stuff out here, you, you run into people, especially on big game hunt. Um, and it was an interesting encounter this year. So a few years ago, I'd say it's probably four years ago. I, my oldest, he and I, he had a tag, a deer tag. And there was an area that I'd always wanted to go up in. And, and we, we went up there and we pulled up to a kind of a trailhead about the same time as these other, these younger guys, and essentially it was a race up the mountain. We went one way, they went another, but I knew exactly where they were going and they knew where I was going. And we raced to the top and we got there about the same time they did. And these two guys came up and, and, and we started to talk in the dark and he said, yeah, we spotted a big buck up here last night. And, and I, and I didn't know if he was telling me the truth, but I, I didn't want to have a, an encounter like you say, right. Nick, you know, or you're just like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say that, well, we got here first and, and start arguing about anything. And, and sure enough, while we were standing there talking, I looked up on the mountain and put my glasses up and sure enough, there was, there was that buck. And I said, well, is that the one? And he looked up and he said, yeah, that's him. And he kind of looked at me like, oh crap, you know, you spotted him first. What do we do now? And I just didn't, well, I just wanted to avoid it. I just wanted to avoid any sort of all altercation so i was just like you guys do whatever you need to do and so we went one way and sure enough later in the morning we heard a couple of shots and 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 so when i was down on the turkey hunt i ran into this guy and he had some hound dogs he was he was trying to cut some bear um scent on, on the road and 
and I got out and was talking to him and, and he goes, you look familiar. And I said, well, so do you. And he said, you aren't those guys that you aren't that one with you and your boy that went up there a couple of years ago. And I said, yeah, that was me. And, and we shook hands and, and I asked him, I said, you guys kill a deer? I said, we heard you shoot. And he said, yeah, we shot a 170 inch buck and a 175 inch buck. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I was like, and, but, but and then, then he, he says, yeah, they weren't as big as we thought. One was 170 and one was 175. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then it just made me sick to my stomach where I was just like, maybe at that point I should have stuck, I should have stood my ground, you know? And, 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 but I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to have that altercation. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I had not found that stand and trail camera where we found it at, I probably wouldn't have killed the deer that I killed. In, in Illinois, you know, Cody? I no, because we, we backed out and made a big circle and ended up finding the other side of the property. We ended up where Alex ended up setting up at, and that's right where he killed it. So, yep. um, because, You look at it as bright side or, or bad side. I mean, I could have went over there and not seen anything, and then I'd have been upset like, well, you know, I got I wanted to hunt over there, but there was somebody. But he beat me to the punch. I mean, that's the, that's the fair game. If you pull up somewhere – and somebody's parked in a spot, and you know you're wanting to go in there. We've seen that before, and it's like, God, you know, somebody's here already, and, and we'll back out, and we'll go find somewhere else. I mean, but a lot of people don't have that courtesy. There's nope. a, it's a nasty thing, and I don't and think people have that's why we get there it. at 4.30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Get there early enough in the morning, they ain't got to worry about it. Go sleep in your deer stand for an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what is it? I've heard, I've heard of people staying there all night. I wouldn't do it, but yeah, I've heard that story too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Me and Cody's heard a few of those sleeping in a blind <laughs> story. He said, "I don't know if I'd do that." I'll see if he's listening, he'll call us when he hears this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shad, I got a question for you, and this is kind of spinning off. You know, you you've listened to the show, you've heard it. You know, as we've went along, and you know, have have you noticed anything that you've that stood out to you since we started doing it? You know, I mean, we're we're coming up on fifty episodes now, and I think you were back in the first first one of the first ten episodes we had. Yeah, uh, I mean the thing that I like is, well, particularly about your podcast, I like that you cover all all areas. It's not just a whitetail hunting podcast, right? You know, I think I think what's great about about what you guys do is you want to find out what else is out there, and you want to you want to talk about all different subjects and you want to cover the from a to z um you know obviously you have episodes where you talk about you know game management and food plots and you know things like that that you know it's really kind of a foreign thing out here where we hunt you know i I don't know anybody who manages any sort of a food plot i mean you have guys that'll have corn fields or grain fields or alfalfa fields but they but they grow them for for you know, to sell and to use for their own cattle or their horses and stuff like that. But, um, you know, so those type of, those type of things, it just kind of goes right over our heads a little bit, um, here, but I, I just enjoy that you guys like to cover a lot of different ground and, um, see the different mentalities around hunting and the, the different types of activities you get you guys engage in. I think it's, that's what I like about it. Yeah, and I think that's been the one thing that that when we started this, we wanted to cover. We're we're a variety of hunters. I mean, we we spend our time 
hunting what season's in. We, you know, we hunt deer in the fall. We hunt turkeys in the spring. We fish in the summer. We hunt coyotes year-round. I mean, we have aspirations to chase bigger game out west with elk and mule deer. And, you know, Nick's got – Nick's set off on a course to to hunt every state. I think in the in the lower forty nine for turkeys, and he said it time and time again. If we hadn't started this podcast and been able to build those relationships with guys like you, that we wouldn't have wanted to do that, or he wouldn't have wanted to do that. And that's that's the cool thing about it. That I think for the future of what we're trying to do with this, it's that relationship building, and it's you know it's been a great friendship that that you've developed with us and that I think will carry on for, for an extended number of years. And I hope for a long time and can't yeah. wait to get in front of you and, you know, sit down in person and talk. And I, I go back to some of those old sayings from, from my buddy up in Tennessee, but he, he always said that he wanted to come down to Georgia and see how we live, see how you folks live. And I always yeah. liked that, you know, it's cool mm-hmm. to go to other places and see how they live. Cause it's true. I mean, Absolutely. everybody lives differently. We all may have the same, interests and goals and stuff but it's kind of neat to see how people live differently well and then you and then you also find out what other opportunities are out there and then you find out they're not they're not impossible i think that's that's one thing that you realize you go oh it's actually something that attainable i could actually do that it's not as hard as i thought or it's not as complicated as i thought or impossible i think you you get that in your head that you just say well i'll never be able to do that because i don't live out there yeah. And then you find out, you go, oh, okay, well, when I, you build a network of friends and, and you find out that, man, I can actually make it happen. And, and then you sit, you have to set those goals and, and actually put it on paper to, to, to reach it and, and go and make it happen. Yeah. I've, I've had a bunch of people, you know, we'll talk about hunting out in Illinois or wherever. And they're like, must be nice. And I'm, once you explain to them, like, it's not that hard of a thing to go do. It's just time, effort and doing it and doing it and putting in the work i mean anybody you know most anybody could do it if they just put in the time and effort and just just go after it and that's that's definitely something i can see as far as me wanting to chase elk and something like that just something you want to do yeah absolutely i mean we all take time to do i take time to go fishing on a a monday after work Mm -hmm. what's the difference in me planning an extended trip out of state we start planning illinois in january or when we leave in November. Right. You know, it's not something I wake up on Saturday morning and go, I believe next Saturday I'm going to go to Illinois and hunt for a week. You know, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't I don't have the means or ability with work to do that. That's just not the way it is. But I think anyone can set their goals and achieve them. But a goal without steps to get there is just a dream. And, and I'm not dreaming anymore. I'm, I've got goals, and I want to set those goals, and I want to continue to achieve them like we're doing now. You make time for your passions, whatever that passion is, whether it's baseball, football, hunting, golf. I mean, you, you make time for those passions, so you just got to just do it. Be yep, excited. I agree. What else you got, Shad? Anything popping you want to you want to tell the people what you got going on or, you know, we're we're coming up on our on our mark here to bid you farewell and get back on that plane and head back out to Georgia in podcast land, but before we, before we let you go, you got anything that's came up that you've thought of that you might want to pass along to folks? Uh, 
I mean, if anybody wants to come out here and help me cut down an apricot tree, um, <laughs> I've got some chores out here that I have to get done that I'm actually looking out the window and seeing this nasty apricot tree that needs to come down. No, I, I think for, you know, I've seen that you guys started to shoot your bows and, and, you know, I think that's one of the big things as part of success anyway, is it's not a, I think you have to put that effort in to, to get prepared. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that gets lost on a lot of people is they think that, you know, they just need to wait till opening season and blow the dust off their bow or their rifle and they just go out and make it happen. But I think one of the things that I, I think I've, I've learned over the years is, is making it not just the experience of the, of the dates that you're hunting. It's, it's the leading up to it that, that really, to me is one of the more fun and rewarding parts of the hunting season is the lead up to, um, you know, getting your equipment tuned in and then actually getting out and, and checking trail cameras and doing some hiking and some spotting and doing a little camping with the family while you get to go mix that in. And, and then the icing on the cake is when opening day hits and you can get out and, and see if you can fill your tag. Um, so that's what I would suggest, you know, the people that have, are lucky enough to get those tags and, and, and are, you know, the lead up and the preparation is, is just as much fun. Well, as it's, as it's went along, everything that we've been successful in, it, it's, it's always keeping the faith in everything we do and, and being thankful. And you're one of those guys that always remind me anytime I talk to you in anything that you're doing, you're always a happy person. I, I've been talking to you now since back in, what late December uh, when we first started talking to each other, and since episode eighteen, we're coming up on this will be forty eight, I believe, episodes wow. that we've done. And you know, through those thirty episodes, that's been the common theme that we try to keep our th- our faith and be thankful in everything that we do. And you're you're definitely one of those guys that I think the the common connection between us three and you and anybody that that spends time listening to this will can attest to that you're. You're a guy of faith, and you're you're very uh, very devout in that, and it's something to admire in anybody for that. And I think that's the common bond between us that keeps us wanting to talk Absolutely. to each other. Absolutely, hundred percent. Well, Nick, absolutely. I, I didn't. I've already asked him the questions, but I do. I want to ask one. I want to ask a different question. If Alex were to come out to Utah and he wanted to go hunting out there, whether it be turkey hunting, mule deer hunting, elk hunting, what's one tip that you would give him before he loaded up and headed out there? Um, geez, what would it be? You know, for me, I guess, you know, the difference in, in weather and, and, and climate, um, I think is one of the big ones, but it, if we were going up high, obviously we talked about this and joked about it and laughed about it the last time, but you know, if we were prepared to go up higher in the elevation, I'd, I'd definitely say, get your physical preparedness taken care of. <laughs> Um, but you know, just be prepared for, uh, out here is, in my opinion, I think you just, the, the beauty of where we're at. I mean, I go out and travel out where you guys are and, and I, I see the amount of trees and how thick and luscious it is out there that way. But here, you know, like I said, you be in the desert one area and you see these beautiful red rocks. And next thing you know, you're up in the Alpine areas where the, uh, up, you know, in the tree line and, and just see the, to be able to have so many different background of of um geography in utah 
um, I would, I would think just be prepared for that and make sure you bring your, your camera. Um, cause you're going to see a lot of beauty out here. Yeah. We got, we got a couple of buddies that decided to go to, um, Idaho on a mule deer hunt. So I was kind of using that question for them. So maybe they'll take something from it. Yep. Chad, thanks for coming on again, man. Yeah, really we enjoyed it. it. Absolutely. As always, guys, I appreciate it. Good to talk to you, and I'm glad we have this friendship. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I can't wait to start talking about hopefully getting you out here to Georgia this fall and uh, and seeing where we can go from there. And um, we got some pretty exciting news while we've been on the phone with you. I'll, I'll fill you in um, after the Great. show. I'll give you a call. It's something you and I have been talking about from, from something that's out there pretty close to you. I got a little email here that's Oh, I forgot that's to ask him. Ah, nice. <laughs> I forgot to ask you. Did you get you a backhoe yet? No, uh-huh. I gotta save my I gotta save my lunch money for that. <laughs> but I'd be awesome to have. Yeah. yeah, we've been looking at them too, and we we got our we got our price on them. And whoo, shoo, bless <laughs> bless them, Lord. I'm about to, I'm about to refinance my house. <laughs> we just started going back to the gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a little cheaper. Twenty dollars a month over what <laughs> right. it would cost for one of them is a little less. <laughs> Oh, it's man. so nice to have them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, Shad, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, man. I'll, All right, I'll, guys. I'll give you a shout later. Okay, take care. All right, see you, Shad. Yep. Bye. All right, everybody. Shad Brunson from the great state of Utah. Man, he's become a friend of the show. He's become somebody that, you know, I enjoy speaking with weekly. Shad will send me pictures of fishing, hunting, whatever he's doing out there. He's always sharing his interest with us and his, his passion. I mean, the dude's a, a stand-up guy. I mean, everything I see him post, it's – He's been a supporter of ours. You know, he, he got his sweatshirt, and he said he's not much of a selfie guy, and he even took a selfie with it for That's us. Awful. And he's a family man. He loves his kids. He takes care of them, includes them in the outdoors, which is something that everybody out there needs to do. Get your kids outside. Get them off the games. And Chad said that all along. You know, his boys enjoy it outside. So what else you got, buddy? Good episode, man. Great episode. We're going to go shoot some bows. Hey, we're going to go tune them up a little bit. Um, we got a we got a couple of couple – of, New episodes that we're going to be dropping, and hey, we're bumping the door on 50, and it's been a fun ride to get to 50, an amazing cast of characters it's got here. If you listen to this episode, we hope you'll uh, come back and get something from it, just like we always hope you do. Cody, glad to have you back with us. Glad to be back. Going to be a, going to be a fun fun run to get to 50, and uh, it's been a fun ride already. So preparation's on for deer season. It's time it's to start talking about it. we got our bows tuned up, and if you ain't already, you better get them out of the case and start Playing a little string music in the yard with your buddies. That's the funnest part for me. I'd rather shoot with my buddies as I had to. Hey, I don't know say if I, then I had to hunt with it because I enjoy it. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. It's time for deer season. Woo! Can't get it away. Get it underway. I'm getting tongue-tied already talking about it. So for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for coming and being with us again, sitting on your porch or in your truck, on your drive to work. We want to thank you for everything you do for us. Continue to support us. Y'all go over and check out what the KT team's got going on. Uh, we're very thankful for our partnership over at SWI. Those guys continue to get with us. And uh, we, as we said on uh, live and everything else, on the weekend of August 21st, we will be in Emerson, Georgia, at the Lake Point Sports Complex for the GON Outdoor Blast. We're going to be podcasting for three straight days, talking to people, Come by and see us. If you hear this episode and you don't know where that's at, shoot us a message. Got any ideas for a topic you want us to discuss on the show, make sure you reach out to any one of us. Cody, Nick, or I, either one can get back to you, and uh, we'll be glad to talk about it for you. So for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to remind you to smile as you go, and don't forget, mount the memories.